morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you may be listening, whatever time it is, we appreciate you. Uh, welcome back to the Cyclone Family Podcast. I am, as always, your host, Jamie Steyer Johnson, alongside my brother and constant co-host, Eric Steyer. Hello. Good, good evening. I, uh, I, I haven't, I still haven't found a good, good solid intro, maybe in another 10 weeks. We'll, we'll see what happens, but Eric, appreciate you being with me today. Um, we, we've got, we've got kind of some heartbreak. We've got a lot of really good, uh, you know, we've been saying for a couple of weeks, we're getting into basketball season, certainly something that is very near and dear to both of our hearts and exciting, but we, we are still in uh, the, the tail end of football season and it's looking more and more like it, it may be uh, a, sh- a shorter season than many were hoping earlier as Iowa State loses another really close one to Oklahoma State, which feel felt like it, it maybe could have been a moral victory if you were talking about the Oklahoma State team of, of a handful of weeks ago, but the way it went... <laughs> There was there was no victory, moral or otherwise, really to be found um, to have yet another one score loss and to keep it so close, despite the the turnover situation for Iowa State ended up with five on the day. It it hurt. And to be fair. Spencer Sanders did come back, which was bizarre to say the very least, but ended up being effective on uh, on Oklahoma State's part but what are what are kind of your thoughts after just just another really really hard loss yeah I don't it's not a whole lot much more to say other than the fact that you know you turn the ball over five times it's going to be really hard to win and then just add to the fact that you know Oklahoma State I was just looking at the stats you know in the four the four games prior to Iowa State, you know, they gave up 351 yards rushing to Kansas on 7.6 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Gave up 199 yards on 5.4 yards per carry to K State. Gave up 204 yards on 6.4 yards per carry to Texas, and 224 yards on 5.2 yards per carry to TCU. And then Iowa mm-hmm. State goes in and runs for 59 yards on 1.6 yards per carry. And I think that's. It's been kind of a theme throughout the year for Iowa State. We said it with Kansas. They came in really struggling on defense, and Iowa State wasn't able to do much against them. Said it again against Oklahoma. They came in really struggling on defense, and Iowa State wasn't really able to do much against them. And then we said it again this week. Oklahoma State was really struggling on defense, and they were very banged up, and yet Iowa State still wasn't able to get much going, especially on the ground. So that was, I guess, disappointing to see. Um, yeah, and then the, of course the turnovers don't help at all either. And the defense played solid. Um, Spencer Sanders came in; he led the the one drive for the touchdown there. I think kind of caught Iowa State off guard maybe a little bit when he came into the game. But um, after that, really, I mean, three three and outs for uh, the Oklahoma State offense after that. So I think Iowa State did a good job of adjusting. But you know, in the end, it was. No, still not enough. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of what you say. It's not really new territory for the Cyclones. You keep it really close, mostly on the back of your defense playing extremely well, uh, but just 
can't get other things going on offense. And the, uh, the rushing woes are probably not going to be resolved in the last couple games of the season, especially with Jirel Brock now officially out for the year, suffered a broken foot, which I mean, he's been banged up for most of the season. So certainly, uh, Certainly really, really tough to see that, uh, especially when you're hoping maybe he's able to get healthy and you know how hard recovery is from that. So really hoping that he's able to get himself back healthy just you know, for his for his own purposes. It wouldn't be until after the season's over. Obviously, it's not consequential for the football team anymore, but uh, you, you care about those athletes. But it's it's hard and it's it's really sad. Um, just the whole situation's tough, but you've got one more home game here and again you you just you don't really have easy games in the big 12 which by the way was underscored with west virginia picking up another big 12 win you know they go out there and beat oklahoma and that's the team that iowa state was able to get a win over like everyone just kind of beats each other up uh week in week out but now you've got texas tech who at points in the season has looked like they could be atop the league and at other points of the season has looked like they could kind of be bringing up the basement. So it's really hard to tell what you're getting with them sometimes I think, but they're, they're playing for their guaranteed bowl eligibility. This would be their sixth win uh, if they were to take the game here in Ames. But yeah, I, I feel like it, it's really hard to do. Well, it's, it's hard to judge every game because you feel like you're gonna probably be in it because of what Iowa state's defense is capable of, but it's about how much the offense can then get done. If you can keep the other team to a lower scoring game, can your offense score enough to make it matter? Um, And that's just one of those things that I think stays kind of unknown because they haven't really shown it a whole lot yet this year. And at any point it looks like, oh, if they could just do this, you know, it, there's there's lots of plays or situations you can point to and say, well, if they could just do that or just finish that, it's a whole different story. And so it'll probably be another really close game. But in the end, Iowa State would have to do some things that they haven't done yet this year in order to get the win. And maybe they will. Maybe they won't. What What do you see from Texas Tech, and what do you think uh, Iowa State's got going on coming into this last home game? Well, to be honest, like I, I'm not really even like worried about Texas Tech in the sense that like it feels like Iowa State has played the same game every week. Yes. So like they're playing against themselves. Tech, yeah, it's not that I don't think like Texas Tech is good or anything, but just I just feel like you know the defense has done its thing pretty much every week so far. So if they continue to do that. And then as long as the offense, you know, takes care of the ball and, uh, you know, catch the, catch the open passes that are there. Oh. Um, yeah. So if, if they do that, I feel like Iowa State would, ha- would have a chance, but so far this year, they haven't really been able to do that very much. They haven't so. put the full thing together. That's exactly yeah. it. Like, yeah, we could sit here and give you all sorts of takes, but you can just as easily listen to what we've said about the past six weeks of games and it would be applicable here. Like you've got to keep up the defense. They've been doing that. You've got to find a way to score more. Haven't figured that out yet. So 
even with Brock out, you've had, again, Cartavius Norton had another solid couple plays, but, you know, kind of obviously a terrible rushing game overall for the team. And then you just, <laughs> you've got to find a way to score. So uh, there's there's your deep analysis, folks. If Iowa State can score, they've got a chance to win. You heard it here last probably yeah. i'm gonna <laughs> okay. i'm not holding my breath on being able to run the ball i don't think we're all of a sudden gonna figure it out next right. week i mean if they do if i would say does i'll i'd be thrilled but i'm not counting on it so just we'll need you know hunter deckers to make good decisions good pass protection and catch the ones that are there i think that's pretty much the keys for well and it week. doesn't get any easier when it's a night game and it's gonna be real cold <laughs> Yeah, at least hopefully Iowa State is more used to it than a Texas Tech. You think, and they'll have all week to get used to it because it ain't going to be warm during the week either. That's for sure. So get like a night practice in there and yeah. get the get the hand warmers out, you know. All right. Well, I tell you what, if if I were going out to the football game, I'm not. I will be working. But if I were, I'll tell you what I would be wearing. 15 layers, but one of them would be a home field apparel sweatshirt or hoodie, perhaps both as, as two of the 15 layers, uh, home field apparel has all of your most favorite vintage logos gear for every school that you could pretty much think of all the teams in the big 12, obviously Iowa state, uh, as well as a bunch of other really great, just logos. The, the school really is doesn't even have to be relevant. But uh, Home Field Apparel's got just the most comfortable T-shirts, but more importantly now, sweatshirts, hoodies. They tend to sell out. It's really hard for them to keep the hoodies in stock, so I would definitely be ordering soon. Stock up, get some gear for your family, for your friends, preferably Iowa State. But if they cheer for a different team, that's okay. You can, you can throw them a bone there and pick up some vintage gear for their favorite team as well. If you go over to our friends at Homefield Apparel, homefieldapparel.com and use code Cyclone12, Cyclone Singular 1212, it's going to get you 15% off your first order, okay? And that's you're going to want to stock up, use that code to get a nice discount and just grab all the stuff you're thinking that you want because inevitably you'll want more. So get the discount while you can the first time around. Homefieldapparel.com, most comfortable, best looking vintage college sports apparel. Use code Cyclone12 for 15% off your first order. All right, basketball. We've got We've got some games under our belt. For both teams, we can finally start kind of figuring out what's going on there. And I'll start with the men. To me, uh, I mean, it's hard. They, it, Not a lot of real stiff competition thus far on either side, but definitely seeing some more points from our men's basketball team. That's exciting. Still seeing some solid defense. Um, starting to kind of figure out the the game of some of these new players, seeing how they fit into the offense. Uh, it, it's certainly really cool just to see, all right, I, I knew this name and I looked at the statistics that they had, but here's what they actually looked like on the court. Like today, you saw, uh, today we record on Sunday, uh, you saw Oshun Oshudi 
step out and and hit the three and look really good doing it. And I know I was really glad to see on Twitter that I'm not the only one who didn't know that there was that uh, facet to his game. I had a couple friends also uh, expressing their surprise and excitement about that. Um, but it, it's it's just fun to see them out there playing, obviously still really hard and kind of starting to see, all right, this is the direction that we may see this team going this year. You talked about how uh, coach TJ Otzelberger and his staff are really good about identifying who their players are and what their strengths are to really cater to that uh, and, and let the team dictate what the identity is going to be for the year. Did you see any glimpses of what you think um, might be kind of the core aspects of the team this year? Well, I think the main thing that jumps out from the first two games is just the energy that the team plays with, and especially on the defensive end, and which really is pretty much the same as last year. You know, it all starts on the defensive end. Obviously, the first two games, you give up 39 and 43, which, you know, the competition isn't the greatest. But there's a lot of other, you know, Power 5 teams that have been playing, you know, low competition and not holding them to, you know, 40 points. So I think that's just a really good sign. And the fact that for the most part, they've been able to keep up that energy throughout the game, I think it's a really good sign. And I think, like, the athleticism that you've seen from Oshun, um, that's really – it's really showed in the first few games. You've seen um, a lot of offensive rebounds and putbacks, things like that, that can really help your offense. When you know last year there was a lot of scoring droughts, so you know this year if maybe you can have a few more offensive rebounds and putbacks, that can help kind of break up those long scoring droughts. Um, again, it's not Big Twelve competition, but mm-hmm. that's you know a few of the things that I've seen so far, and also the balance scoring. You know last year. Isaiah Brockton was kind of the the main guy on offense and you know you would have other guys step up and have big games but this year it seems like at least just from the first two games that um, the scoring will be a little more balanced and you know from the first two games you know Jaron Holmes has probably been the kind of the the main scorer on offense he's taken the most shots but I do expect the offense to be a little more balanced this year. Yeah, it's it's really exciting and it's fun because you have you have a small group of holdovers from last year, uh, so people have a little bit of fam- familiarity with Caleb Grill and with Jazz Koontz and Robert Jones and um, who's the fourth that's escaping me? Uh, Sorry, who'd you Kate say? Kalsher. Uh, having those four back and so that's that's exciting they uh they they're a great core and so you know hey those are guys that uh Gabe's gonna go out there and he's gonna play so hard on defense and he's gonna be able to uh you know potentially get some crafty moves around the rim and you know that Caleb can jump out of the gym and you know that uh there's there's been a, a big emphasis placed on the energy that Robert Jones can play with and Jazz I think one of the quotes from TJ today was that sometimes he doesn't think Jazz even realizes how good he could be. And so it's nice to have that familiarity with those guys, but then to see the way that these new players are coming in and the dimension they bring, you're still getting that defensive intensity really consistently. But like you said, you're not seeing those scoring droughts and it, it is a different level of competition they're, than they're going to see during conference play. But those are things that were occurring even in these 
early non-conference yeah. games where you you start to see oh gosh this this might be an issue and so even if at points during the season if the cyclones do struggle to score to some extent this was an issue that was evident almost immediately last year that we at least are not seeing to that degree yet and so you, you're hopeful that it will not be as big of a hindrance yeah and just looking back at the start of the season last year you know the first three games 84 73 went over kennesaw state 60 to 50 went over oregon state who ended up not being much of a win <laughs> yeah we wanted that to be a big resume win but it didn't end up being that way and then 68 60 over alabama state and it's kind of it's hard to tell um this early how these first two opponents compared to the, those opponents from last year, obviously there's still a big, you know, a big difference between a good um, low major team and a bad low major team, but you know, it is good to see two comfortable wins to start the year. Yeah. You can at least, you can at least point at those results and say, well, things could go differently from here on out, but we aren't seeing those issues as much on offense yet. And, you know, it's interesting too, because, you talk about the level of competition in the Big 12, which is obviously incredibly high. But you look at some of the results from week one of college basketball, and there's been some really close games between the Big 12 teams and teams that maybe you didn't expect to be some so close. And you start to think, all right, they're also human. You know, they're also just college basketball teams out here playing. So I don't know how much Big 12 basketball you were able to watch. But for me, at least, some of the games I watched made me think, all right, there's you always know that there's a chance. But I'm excited to see the way that Iowa State matches up around the conference because seeing the way that they started off the season and just seeing the guys finally play a little bit in actual games and then go in and watching some of the other teams. I think there could be some really competitive games this year in conference. Yeah. And it's, it's you don't want to overreact to like the first week, but mm -hmm. um, it does just kind of remind you that, you know, they, yeah, they are human. It's not like some impossible, it's not impossible to, to get wins in the league. So I was actually able to, I turned on the Oklahoma game uh, the mm -hmm. their first game, I flipped it on with like 10 seconds left or like 30 seconds left, and I saw the end. So that was a, a pretty exciting game. But yeah, no. um, I mean, I, I still think the Big 12 was probably the best conference in the country. I haven't really seen anything yet to, uh, to sway me or to dislodge me from that position. But um, yeah, it is, it's kind of nice to see other teams, you know, struggle a little bit just you know, to give yourself a little confidence boost. Yeah, really it is because it just reminds you, okay, well, even if there's things that you think you didn't do perfectly, there's people who aren't still undefeated, you know? <laughs> so it's uh, it's certainly interesting to start seeing those things flesh out. And I'm sure you'll see uh, some plenty of dominating wins and uh, plenty of kind of conflicting results where a team will play poorly one game and go dominate the other. You can only put so much stock into the non-conference slate. Um, a lot of times you're still trying to figure out your lineups, things like that. But uh, it's it's just really interesting to look around. Oh, and the the other thing that I wanted to mention that I've been 
so excited about is watching uh, Tame and Lipsy, who we've said, you know, from Ames, uh, know the family, and excited to see him play there, but ended up in an interesting position where all of a sudden you're you're going to end up being the starting point guard um, when you think, all right, I'm going to potentially be the backup coming off the bench, kind of seeing what's going on out there. The, the starting point guard is a very different position, but I think he's done a really great job so far. Seems super comfortable out there on the court. The guys seem to trust him. Um, but just showing off, you know, he's he's got really great vision. Uh, had a bunch of assists in game one and then scored some here in game two. And just very, very exciting to see a young guy like that go out and just look comfortable. You know, he's going to have growing pains. He'll he'll probably have some games that aren't, uh, you know, all-star caliber. <laughs> They're, you know, you're young. You'll, you'll have to figure some stuff out. You may have some rough statistics at times. But I just love how comfortable he looks and how confident and how much confidence the rest of the team and staff seems to have in him. Yeah, and... Like even I forget sometimes that like you still have Trey King coming next semester and right. lost uh, Jeremiah Williams to an injury and so really this team right now um, has has looked pretty good through the first two games and really if you think about it they're playing kind of shorthanded but yeah like you said Taman I think he's looked comfortable out there um, he's run the team really well only I think I think only two turnovers through two games yeah. so um, yeah I think he. I think it's been a really good start for him. And I don't think just watching the first two games, doesn't appear like he's going to be a huge score, but you know, he's obviously capable as we saw in the game against North Carolina and T. And I think he's done so far a really good job just running the team and being a sound point guard. Yeah. Certainly not an easy thing to do at any point in time, let alone when you're young and you're new to the program. So and, really and, exciting. Uh, and can can place all defense as well, which is always yes. important on this team. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like if you're going out there, you can be as confident as you want on offense, but you better be able to keep up that intensity on the defensive end of the court, which is certainly not something that he seems to shy away from. So, uh, so excited there. Um, kind of the other end of the spectrum as far as team composition is the women's basketball team. We've talked about this pretty uh pretty extensively it's been talked about in general quite a bit uh just how much production Iowa State returned uh from their women's basketball squad pretty much all uh of their significant production had one player who was regularly in the rotation with Aubrey Jones ending up at Oklahoma uh but her minutes had significantly declined as the season went on so if you're talking about the rotation Iowa State ended the season with pretty much all back and then you get this little boost where you've got Danae Fritz who ended up injured very early on in the season back as well as Stephanie Suarez, which is kind of an unreal addition when you had the kind of team that Iowa state had. And the one thing you felt like you were missing was that big consistent post play. So the, the question marks were how were Danae Fritz and Stephanie Suarez going to fit into the team? And again, level of competition different than what you're going to see as the season goes on. But just as far as team chemistry goes and team play goes, I personally was blown away and I'm not the only one uh, just by how well 
they were able to enmesh themselves. I said during the broadcast, one of the games this week, that if you had to say, okay, person off the street, pick out the two players that weren't regularly in the rotation last year, it's it's impossible because they just seem like a group that's been playing together for years and years. So um, for me, it's, it's really exciting. And even Coach Fenley said, I asked him after game one, what maybe his biggest surprise was of the offseason in the beginning of the season here. And he said how well Stephanie has gotten along with the team and how easily she integrated with them because you've got this group that's played together for so many games and knows each other so well. And they really just get it and have played together forever. And you don't know how someone is going to deal with coming into that kind of situation and it's kind of intimidating and you're going to come in and potentially play a really big part of the team and how anyone else is going to react to that. Well, it it's like she walked onto campus and immediately they embraced her, you know, she and Morgan Kane and Beatrice Jordao, who in theory would be the people most quote unquote threatened by her addition to the team, because that makes them you know, the backup five, they're hanging out. They were going up to Minnesota Lynx games together over the summer. Like they were immediate fast friends. So to see that kind of chemistry translate onto the court is, I mean, it's beyond exciting. I just could not believe, obviously, not not playing flawless basketball, but continuing to really play that solid team oriented basketball that I think Iowa state has been the best when they're focusing on that. And I, that's what I saw the first couple games of the season for sure. Yeah. And you know, first the thing that I uh, first noticed this stuff is just how tall she is. I mean, I know that that's like a no, simple but she's thing, but every like, inch of six, yeah, six at least. So everything that comes with that, just the ability to, not only block shots, which she's done, but just contest shots around the rim and maybe intimidate opponents. And then on the offensive end, you know, go up and grab some rebounds. And I guess on the defensive end too, rebounding. And then being able to just kind of throw a ball up to the rim and have her uh, be able to go up and get in late in. We've seen oh, that a couple like, times Like this Lexi year. taking two dribbles across half court and just launching it. Had me yeah. looking at the clock. I'm like, is it the end of the quarter? Is it the end of the shot clock? what just happened, but no, she sees Stephanie has her opponent on her back and just throws yeah. it up there. Like, when's the last time you ever saw that at Iowa State? But, Probably never. Yeah, I'm sure Lexi wasn't happy that she didn't get the assist, though, because I think her initial one got blocked, and then she grabbed it and put it in. So oh, she my didn't gosh, get the I guess I didn't even register that. Yeah, yeah. she really still deserves the assist for that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, and then I guess you're talking about Danae. I think first thing I... um. You know, kind of recognize or first thing I take away from the first two games from her is just I think she likes to fly in and grab those offensive rebounds. Oh, yeah. She has seven through the first two games. So that's kind of one of the main things that I've taken away from her so far. I think I my biggest takeaway from Danae and Stephanie making their way into the cyclone rotation is they're both very 
un-Iowa State-like players, and that's not a bad thing at all. They're, they're just the kind of player that have not traditionally been as attracted to, I think, the, the Cyclone style of play as much. Um, maybe been attracted to a place like the state of Iowa. Um, but I, I say that because Danae is just the, the kind of hard-nosed player that anyone would love to have on their team. You know, coach Fenley said since she's been on campus that she's, she's the person that he would bring if he had to walk through a dark alley at night, you know, but you know, she's got the, the kind of look to go along with it. She's got the tattoos, which I love, but that's just not even the kind of thing that you've generally seen at Iowa state for whatever reason. Um, but when you, when you're playing a lot of that five out more guard shooting ball, not as much of like a slashing attacking style, that's something she's really good at. So it's hard to recruit people that do something that isn't shown in your offense a whole lot. Even if it's something that would work in there really well, it's really hard to say, Hey, we know how to utilize you if you can't point to it on film. Um, so it's kind of understandable, but to have her there and able to, like you said, attack the offensive glass, she can get into the rim. She's just going to be really tough. She's going to go through people. She's not going to let them stop her. Uh, so that's something that we haven't seen quite as much of as far as guards go. Like that's something that Ashley Jones can do some, but she's more of like the the four position to have that truly on the perimeter is a huge addition. And then Stephanie, I mean, that's a player that just doesn't exist very often to be 6'6", and to have the kind of agility she has and the athleticism, and to also know the game really well and have incredible court vision and be a good passer. Like, that's, I think, what blew me away almost as much as anything else she did is how well she was able to pass when there was a time where she was in at the four spot with Izzy Zingaro in at the five, and she's running the high post, and she... Actually, she did the same with Ashley at one point to give her kind of an isolation where she's at the high post and Ashley's post up down low. She can make really good passes from up there, either to the other post or to another guard. And obviously she can also shoot the three because if you're at Iowa State, of course you can. But they're very unique players in their own right and just not something that we've seen a lot of at Iowa State. And that's why people are so excited because you have a great team and then you add those really, really great new dimensions to what you're doing on offense, doing on defense. And by the way, Stephanie told me in, in one of the post game shows that she loves defense. She loves being able to defend and, you know, it's not just about blocking and whatever, but she likes being able to go down there and alter shots and things like that. So she loves playing with Lexi and that takes a little pressure off her, but it's uh it's really an interesting group to be around right now. It's an exciting group to be around and thankfully they've they've gotten off to a fairly good start because it there's going to be plenty of times that uh they're not going to have easy ones here in this non-conference slate most notably coming up this week as uh there's there's no easy in-state games as evidenced by uh today. Iowa and Drake going to overtime in Des Moines 
Iowa ended up taking it in overtime, but really a heck of an effort by Drake. But Iowa State goes out to you and I this week, and they're taking on the Panthers. And those games get really, really tough because it's, I mean, they're, they're really big games. And especially for a team like you and I that's in, you know, the Valley, you've got to take advantage of these kind of opportunities to show what you're capable of. So I'll be really excited to see how Iowa state responds to a lot of pressure, a very intense style of play on the road because you and I is, they know what they're doing. You know, they've got some old players. They've got a staff that's been around for a long time. They are very, very far from uh, an easy game, especially on the road. Yeah, and you know that they have had this one you know, circled on their calendar for a while, probably. They um, had two two wins to start the year, and now they have a, a top 10 team coming into their arena, which I would imagine doesn't happen very often for them. Pretty much unless you know, Iowa or Iowa State are in the top 10, it's probably not going to happen for them. And so, you know, I'm sure they have this one circled on their calendar. And you know, like I said, they have two wins to start the year. So, yeah, it should be a tough game. And leaving Hilton for the first time, that's always a challenge. So, yeah, it should be an interesting game. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm super excited. Um, I, I love just the, these games are so interesting because you end up with a lot of people that probably know each other because the state schools are – they especially Drake and you and I, they heavily, heavily recruit the state. Um, obviously, Iowa State has uh, some players from here in state, uh, so they would kind of have familiarity. They all play each other on the AAU circuit, but uh, you have people that really understand what these matchups are all about, maybe grew up going them, seeing um, those kind of things happen. So uh, you've, got, you've got some really good players. Uh, Maya McDermott from Johnston, has been the leading scorer so far this year for the Panthers. Uh, she was definitely really solid last year as well um, as just a freshman played about 12 minutes a game, but she would go in and she's got a lot of energy. She's a solid defender. I know uh, last year you and I was throwing two, three people at Ashley Jones a lot. Hopefully Iowa state able to punish them if they tried to do that again this year, as their players have really only developed more from last year as far as scoring goes, but you've got, like I said, Miami McDermott, you've got Cam Finley, another homegrown kid from right there in Cedar Falls. Um, Ben, Ben good from three point line led you and I in three point shooting last year. So you've, you've got really good returning, returning production uh, in a similar, not quite as much of their production returning as Iowa state, but you definitely have some familiarity there. So should be a really, really good game on Wednesday night. And it, it's great to have those early season tests because you see, okay, here's what we do. Well, here's what we really need to shore up. And hopefully uh, it, it can really help you down the road, but very excited for that one coming up. All right. Uh, couple last notes here. We've got volleyball still sitting at third in the conference. Um, ended up splitting this week, did lose to Texas. Unfortunately, played really hard, but did get swept 3-0 and beat Texas Tech at home. So two road trips this week at Baylor, who is second in the conference uh, on the road there. 
if they could take down Baylor, that'd be huge. Would give them a really, really good shot at ending up second in the conference. But again, really tough competition there and tough to play on the road as well as at Kansas uh, really need to pick that one up in Kansas to solidify themselves in the top three really can't afford to drop any more to people below them in the standings. So big week for volleyball uh, regular season is over next week. So a lot to play for here down the stretch and wrestling just beginning their season alongside basketball, of course, uh, another dominant win again. It was, well, I'm losing track of, what day it is but yesterday i think over the weekend this whenever you're listening it was the weekend that we were recording this uh california baptist 39-9 uh really been consistently dominant to start the season so far so we'll see if eventually iowa state gets challenged what that looks like uh because we haven't really learned all that much yet as you you drop a match or two here there kind of the way things go uh, but really, really impressed with that so far and really exciting news for those who maybe already follow wrestling pretty closely, or if you're like me and just looking to learn a little bit more about it, follow it a little bit more closely. Uh, they have added a really, really great way to do so. They've added a stream for coverage during matches. So it, I mean, it's essentially a radio stream. I don't think it'll actually be broadcast on the radio, but it's available on cyclones.com slash listen and it's also available on the varsity app which is the same app you'd be using if you're accessing the other cyclone radio network calls for um basketball so like if you're listening to me call women's basketball it'd be in your varsity app they're gonna have wrestling available there as well um and they've got (laughs) they've got a heck of a broadcast crew I was looking at this and I was like, you're kidding me. This is going to be, from what I've heard, must listen radio because you've got uh, Joe Sinclair, who has done wrestling play-by-play for 10 years. So he knows what he's doing. And their analyst is none other than Nate Carr, father of, of course, Cyclone Star, David Carr and one of the best wrestlers in Iowa state history. So you've got people who really know what they're doing and really know what they're talking about as far as wrestling and as far as Iowa state. So I will certainly be listening because I think I'll probably learn a couple things and I'm just so excited to see them adding more access. Um, I obviously am a passionate advocate for radio broadcasts. Uh, It's, it's really blown me away how many people utilize them to listen to sports and I think they're super underrated and so for Iowa State to make this effort to add a new broadcast because people are demanding it because people are showing interest in this sport is huge and so I'm really excited to tune in and to support it and I hope a bunch of people out there will as well. All right that's that's kind of what I got for the week. I made a concerted effort to have a more specific rundown this week. And I think we have succeeded at that. There's still a billion things going on, but I think we talked about what we needed to talk about. <laughs> yep. So we're, we're, we're improving uh, just like everyone else. Our season is still young, uh, but we are showing market improvement. I think we would be moving up the rankings. So 
Uh, Eric, thank you so much for joining me in what I know has been a very busy week for you. So I appreciate you uh, jumping on and I'm sure all our listeners do as well. Yep. Thanks for having me again. All right. Well, if you want to find us on social media, you can find Eric at Eric Steyer, E-R-I-C-S-T-E-Y-E-R. You can find me at J Steyes, J-S-T-E-Y-Z. That's everywhere, but I'm mostly active on Twitter. Um, Eric's mostly not active, but maybe eventually uh, <laughs> you can find our podcast account. That's the word I was looking for. That's at Cyclone Fam Pod on Twitter. I'm going to get better about posting on there. I've been trying. It's hard to post on two accounts, but at Cyclone Fam Pod, that's on Twitter. We are a part of the 1012 Network. Make sure to follow them for all of your best Big 12 Conference coverage. And of course, I am on the weekly 1012 Network flagship show. You can find them on Twitter at ten one two network we are also partnered with sports drink your best source for all things sports and non-sports all right i have been jamie steyer johnson alongside eric steyer this is the cycle family podcast and we will talk to you next week <laughs>